Today's coach and coordinator episode is a crossover episode from our Football for All podcast. This is an interesting one as we talk about females' place in football. I was honored to be joined by Samantha Rappaport, who is the Senior Director of Diversity and Inclusion at the NFL. At a young age, Sam was involved in flag football and then progressed to the tackle level. Now being in the front office of the National Football League, she talks about the importance of young girls and women involved in the sport of football. The presence of women in the game from playing to getting hired on coaching staffs is a hot topic in today's society. Sam is a living role model for any girl who has the dream of playing football or reaching employment in any NFL front office. Our sport needs intelligent, sharp people regardless of gender, and I think today's conversation is an important one in that regard. Remember to push your youth football community over to the Football for All podcast, which is designed specifically for them. Certainly, there's a lot of content there that applies to the high school coach, especially if you run a program, a youth program, or at the top of that, and provide guidance for your youth program in your community. Again, please check that out and check out all we're doing with the football development model at fdm.usafootball.com. Enjoy this episode. You take youth football, but then you fast forward 20 years. What that guy's going to remember 20 years after youth football are moments. You want kids who love football to have the opportunity to play football. There's opportunities no matter your gender, no matter your race, no matter your background. There's no specific box. Looking at, you know, whether it's playing flight football or modified version of the game, I think it's so smart. We're shaping the whole person. We want to make sure that you're a successful person on and off the field. Positive football experiences. So they keep playing and keep getting better. Football for All. Today on the Football for All podcast, we focus on a different group of players. And Football for All means it does include everybody and including females. And today joining us is someone who's played the game and is now involved at a higher level, the Senior Director of Diversity and Inclusion for the NFL, Samantha Rappaport. Samantha, it's great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Keith. Well, Sam, let's dig into this a little bit and talk about your experience in football. So for you, it's not just you work now as an executive in in the NFL. You played the game. You grew up with the game. So talk to us a little bit about your involvement and how you got involved in football. Yeah, absolutely. I started watching football when I was about 9, 10, 11 years old. Um, fell in love with the sport through watching uh, you know, football with my family on Sundays. And uh, I asked my parents to help me find a league in, in the city in which I grew up, Ottawa, uh, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And there was an ad in the newspaper for a girl's touch football team at the time. Um, and I, I went and tried out for it. It was girls and women of all ages. So I was one of the younger players on the, on the team. I think I was about 13, 14. And there were some, you know, 20 and 30 and 40 year old women on the team, but we were all playing together and the league in, in my hometown grew significantly. Um, and so I kept playing throughout uh, middle school and high school. Um, and then when I got to college, I played um, women's semi-professional tackle football while I was going to college as well. So um, I really grew up playing the sport. I played every discipline. I played touch, flag, and tackle. Uh, I love all three of them. And I'm just, you know, one of those football nuts who is crazy about the sport. (laughs) Well, Sam, what position did you play, especially in tackle? 
Quarterback. Okay. Yeah, I played quarterback. I started as receiver. Um, and my my first year, my coach said, "You're not a receiver. You're a quarterback." And I said, "No, I'm not." And uh, but I listened to him, and he trained me and uh, gave me some incredible skill sets. So I, I, I've been a quarterback since I was about 14, 15 years old. That's really cool. Um, in, in looking at uh, that experience then, you know, obviously it had an impact on you that you wanted to continue and to work in the game. So how did that evolve for you? Yeah, I was in college um, and I knew that I wanted to work in football. I just had no idea how. Um, I knew I wanted to come to the United States and uh, and try to work for the NFL. So I applied for an internship in my third year of college. I actually sent a football with my resume uh, and I wrote on the football, what other quarterback could accurately deliver a ball 386 miles, which was the, <laughs> the distance between my college and New York City. And uh, it stood out, you know, I had no connections. I, I, I went the gimmick route uh, to get that job, uh, but I landed my first internship at the NFL in 2003 in their marketing department. Uh, and that really was, um, you know, the, the way I got in the door. So in, in looking at the landscape here, um, it certainly has started to change quite a bit. And it appears when you look at all major sports that football has increased the number of women in the front office. We've seen now, you know, we had a Super Bowl where we had the first female coach. What do you see other leagues doing that football could adopt to continue this surge? Yeah, I mean, you, you you have to have a concerted effort and a dedicated person overseeing this because um, if you just hope that diversity happens, we'll stay the same way that we've been for, you know, 100 years. But um, what we've done, which, I, you know, I'm, I've had the support of, you know, Commissioner Goodell and Troy Vincent and Daisha Smith and so many others who have kind of provided me a platform to build something. And I, I really believe that if other leagues have that ability to do so um, and, and can spend the time and dedicate the time to doing so that they could build a pipeline as well. And I'll say that in the same breath as other, you know, other leagues are doing a great job. The NBA does does a great job in this space and they have uh, I think 11 or 12 female coaches now but what what those sports have like the three other major sports leagues in the country has that we don't is you know uh, either a professional sport or a or a pipeline into a into a professional or semi-professional sport whereas football for women now is really played at the recreational level um, you know there's up until a couple of days ago there was no college football uh, for women at flag or tackle um, and so it really has been played recreationally. So the other leagues kind of have the luxury of recruiting from, you know, the WNBA or softball or uh, the professional female hockey league, but we don't have that yet. And so that's, uh, you know, that that's where we would like to see the sport grow is for it to be more, uh, you know, played in a, in a, in a larger way and a, in a more official way for women across the country. So we have a bigger pipeline to pull from. Well, you mentioned that big announcement with the NFL and the NAIA, uh, the announcement of, of flag football becoming a sport um, within that division. Talk to us a little bit about how that came about. Absolutely. Yeah. And so long overdue. We've been working at the NFL for so long uh, to try to help move girls and women's flag football forward. And so many people at the office have done great, great work in this space. Uh, you know, and it's it's incredibly popular at the high school level. Um, you know, Florida and Alaska were the two states that started um, playing flag. And 
you know, what we found, we did some research in those two states. And what we found is when they opened up the option of flag football to girls, more girls flocked to that tryout than any other sport in the school. And the other sports offer academic scholarships and flag football didn't. So it just speaks to how popular the sport is for girls and boys. Um, but, you know, we really uh, believe in the need to legitimize the sport. And, you know, I give our youth football team and reigning champs, uh, you know, a ton of credit in what they were able to achieve in, uh, you know, for the first time that that uh, girls can play and girls and women can play legitimately at the college level. No, I think it's really cool. And, you know, it, it, I think back to when I was a high school coach and um, at one particular high school I was at, and this is, you know, early 2000s, the only time you would see girls playing football was the, you know, yearly powder puff football game. Yeah. Um, which, you know, being involved with, and I had our players coach it and I mean, they had so much fun and going out, I, I, you know, officiated the game and it was, it was really clear to me that like, I don't understand why we don't do more of this. This is, you know, you see all these, these girls out there who are, you know, incredible athletes in their sport. You know, there was the soccer players out there and basketball players and softball players. Like, why aren't they doing more of this? It seems like it would be a sport for them. But, you know, it was just that one time of a year thing. And I, you know, I don't know, certainly the, um, I think just how we think about uh, female, females in athletics has, has changed, you know, over the last decade. But, um, you know, it's something I felt back then that I didn't quite understand why we didn't see more of it. Yeah, I mean, I I obviously love the concept of of girls playing high school football in any way. Um, you know, I absolutely loathe the name powder puff. I yes. think it is such a pejorative, yeah. awful term to associate to women playing sports, and very antiquated and needs to die out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but- you know, and, and, you know, I give you a lot of credit that you did it, you know, the legitimate way. A lot of schools have, you know, the, the boys dress, dress up in cheerleaders uniforms with skirts and, you know, really kind of making a mockery of it instead of legitimizing it, which is, you know, these girls and women are, are badass in the sport, right? They're incredible. If you go down to Florida and watch those girls play, they're throwing no look touchdown passes. Like Mm -hmm. this is, it is incredible football down there and, and across the country. And so what I'd, I'd love to see is for, you know those though that that game I guess at every school be kind of the the leverage point the jumping off point to starting a legitimate program where they can play with a state championship well looking at other areas where um, we see you know female participation growing thinking on the coaching side we've seen now that that move in the NFL we've seen it at um, at the college level, I know, I, I believe it's Brown University's quarterback coach is a female, full-time yep. coach is a female. Um, how do you see that continuing to grow? And I guess, what are the efforts in the NFL to expand females in coaching? Yeah, we've, um, so for the past four years, we've run a program called the NFL Women's Careers in Football Forum. And the idea behind that is to create a bridge between women who are working in entry level, uh, entry level ish football football opportunities and jobs um, and connecting them with key hiring managers in the NFL who could potentially hire them. And, you know, what we know through our research is that the way 
you know, historically that men have got jobs is they run the same circles as these head coaches and general managers that can potentially hire them, but women do not at all. They were completely disenfranchised. So that the intent of the program was to get them in the room with people that could potentially hire them. And since the program started, uh, you know, four years ago, we've had 89 women who have secured opportunities through the program. Uh, and we've had, um, I believe it is, I need to double check my numbers, 14, uh, 14 intern coaches and eight full-time female coaches in the NFL. Wow. The, I guess, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions when you think about um, this idea that just because you played the game um, at any level that you can automatically be a good coach when in reality, you talk to a lot of, and I talk to coaches all the time on the coaching coordinator podcast about, you know, the journey they made from being a player into that world of being a coach and how different it was, how much they, they found out they really didn't know about the game. Um, have, what kinds of things have, has the NFL done or, you know, has, has been a part of, I guess, overcoming some of that idea that you had to have played the game to be able to go out and coach it? Yeah, and when when I've spoken to several head coaches in the NFL, a lot of them say the same thing that the football stuff, this football stuff, you can teach and you learn on the job. It's your attitude and your personality and what you bring to the team and the coaching staff every day that differentiates you. So you know, it's not um, it's not just relegated to football. This notion that you know women feel like they have to know everything in order to apply for a job. That's really that is a typical trait, um, research based uh, of women and. You know, what we tell them at the NFL Women's Careers and Football Forum quite often, because this is information we hear straight from the head coaches, is you learn all that stuff on the job, just like I did. When I started at the NFL, I knew absolutely nothing about the business, the industry. All I knew is that I loved the sport. The rest I learned as I went. Uh, but I tried to bring an incredible attitude to the office, and that it's no different in football. Um, you know, if you if if you have that attitude and you you, you know you belong in the culture in that way, then you will and you want to learn and you want to be a sponge and you want to be stay late so you know you can study and and learn how to cut tape and everything else. You know, you'll you'll succeed, and that's that's the message that our coaches have given the women um, that have been in the program, and that's what we echo as well. I think when you look at it too, um, I mean, there's only you know depending what level you're at, there's you know eight to ten actual on-field coaches. There's other ones who find their way out there or an assistant, but uh, who actually teach the technical part of the game. That yep. there is a huge support staff and uh, a lot of work that needs some very bright people. I mean, analytics has become huge really at all levels now. I have high school coaches talking about it all the time and the analytics they use. I mean, this is a thinking person sport, right? You, you need some very intelligent people behind the scenes too to be looking at film and dissecting things, whether it, it comes from looking at some of the physical side of the techniques that are being used or it comes in looking at um, the different tendencies that might come about in the game. To me, that opens opportunities, not just for females, but for all kinds of people who do want to get involved in the game. I've even talked to high school coaches who now go into their hallways and, and recruit kids to handle those parts of it because they don't have the budget to hire coaches to you know develop their own analytics staff or, you know, looking on the other side of it and promoting their program, having their own social media teams. Like, you know, this game is very encompassing in the people it can bring in, and it is looking for bright minds. 
Yeah, I think that's such a good point. I mean, when you talk about having diversity on your staff, you know, having age diversity is really critical. And what a lot of our head coaches say as well is that they're not well versed in, you know, the, um, you know, the, uh, the computers and, you know, the analytics side of the sport. And they lean on, you know, younger folks who grew up with it and, you know, tend to be a lot more um, adept at at using technology and you know they, they really lean on that for that that's something else that you know people male or female or anything um you know in between coming up can offer football stuff so looking at females growing in in the sport and we know flag football now has been established as a track that you can participate now at the youth level in high schools i think that's in continuing to span expand around the country where it's a varsity sport for for both boys and girls for flag football uh, and now in college with the naia but thinking of the tackle track you played tackle football yeah um there's you know, I, I know uh, other um, people, you know, female coaches in the NFL played some tackle football growing up. What does it take, do you think, to now bridge that gap and make that something that's available as a sport? Um, you know, not just go and play with the boys till, you know, you start seeing those those changes in, in puberty and the boys start getting bigger, et cetera. But something that really a, a girl could get into at the young age and progress through um, like you did playing, you know, even to the semi-pro level. Yeah, absolutely. And it's still like tackle football for females is still, if you compare it to any other sport in its infancy, uh, you know, as it, it just really took off around like the you know early 2000s. And so, uh, you know, it's come a long way, but you know, what we need desperately, and I, I will scream this on the rooftops to anyone who will listen, um, is the need for one women's professional league um, because you know we have several semi-professional leagues and you know several owners of those leagues and um, you know I had the great fortune of spending a day with Billie Jean King recently and as she walked away from me she was and I, I didn't talk to her about this at all she whispered get them to have one league um, you know the need for unity allows the sport to grow in such a way and until that happens we're really kind of handcuffed by several different leagues and you know uh, a different league becomes the dominant league every year and you know this is no different than many other sports that have worked to develop but until there's one professional women's tackle football league um, you know that will help to encourage high schools and colleges and everything else to create a feeder system for it um, you know we're, we're going to struggle for legitimacy and once that happens that will be an incredible pipeline into you know the coaching world and the scouting world and every other you know football job. I think one of the opportunities we have right now as we reimagine the game with the football development model is that the focus now really becomes more on teaching skills in a progression and allowing kids to find different different entry points into the game to grow into the game that there are bridge games now between flag and tackle football, some limited contact football like padded flag you and I were talking about before we got going. How do you think that the football development model can help move this along for the female athlete? 
Yeah, I hope, you know, I hope that everyone that runs a football league, whether it's youth or adult, you know, considers adding a girls and women's division to it and then applying the football development model no differently to the girls or women that they do, uh, you know, to the boys and men. Um, you know, I really applaud USA Football for this. It's something that, you know, the organization have been working on for a long time and uh, something that the sport you know, really needs. And I think that it will help leagues that have, um, you know, maybe new coaches, coaches that are just starting out. And many women's leagues have coaches that are just starting out um, and are unpaid. And so I really feel like this model will help serve to, um, you know, create that that pipeline of, you know, girls playing touch, uh, touch and flag football when they're younger and then advancing if they want into tackle football leagues. Um, so they could hopefully one day play for USA football's team USA, whether that be flag or tackle. Sam, you were familiar with the rookie tackle model that was being developed, um, you know, towards the tail end of uh, your time at USA football. To me, I think that's a, an opportunity here because you know, participation, whether it's, it's boys or girls, certainly has, has been a concern in every community around the country. Uh, how do we get enough kids out to field teams? Well, when you think about we could play the game with this rookie tackle model with six, seven, or eight players, now this really becomes something that's more feasible to say, hey, we have enough in our community to go out and field a girls tackle football team and go right. against other communities. I think that that opportunity there allows us to grow participation as well. I couldn't agree more. I'm the biggest proponent for Ricky tackle. I think that every other prior to this, every other sport has adapted their sport to allow it to be fun and uh, allow kids to have the ability to succeed in it. Um, you know, if you look at tennis, if you put a five-year-old on a, on a tennis court and ask them to play tennis, um, you know, how that would look and how they would feel about the sport when they walked away from it. And it's no different on a full fo football field with 11 people um, where five of them are line, line boys or line girls. Uh, so I'm, I'm such a proponent for adapting sport to make it fun so kids have success points and they enjoy it and they want to stay with it. And so, uh, you know, I believe that the Utah Girls Tackle Football League, which was the first tackle football league for girls in the world that started about five, six years ago, um, you know, they had, they kind of created, rookie tackle wasn't, um, didn't exist back then. And they created their own version of rookie tackle where they made the field smaller, they reduced the amount of linemen, they got rid of special teams, made all those little changes so the girls would have an incredible time um, and weren't looking to to, you know, punt the ball and they shank it. And then that, that, that player comes off the field thinking that they're terrible. You never want to put kids in that position. Mm -hmm. I'm such a proponent for the, for the adaptation of sport for, for anything. And I really feel like this will allow more kids to gravitate towards it. But more importantly, I think less kids will leave it because it's fun. And that, that is why kids play sports. They play it because it's fun. For our listeners out there who are parents who may have a daughter who's interested in the game, but you know, maybe it is not that uh, girls, you know, only track within their community. What advice do you have to them for allowing their daughter to try this out and see if she's a part of it and then to support them along the way? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, ask, ask her the same questions that you would ask your son if he asked you to play tackle football. Uh, you know, I think that, um, so, you know, 
parents can approach it and kids playing sport in any different way. But I don't think there's much difference between asking a girl, you know, like, why do you want to play and finding a program that parents feel comfortable with um, for a boy or girl. Girls want to play it. I mean, when the Utah Girls Tackle Football League started, girls flocked to it. Everyone wanted to play. Um, there, I think there are like 500 girls now in Utah. Um, so I'd say, you know, I would take the same, um, you know, uh, I, I take the same kind of pre- uh, uh, preparation that you would for if, you, if your boy wanted to play I would interview the coaches and um and you know if if obviously speaking as someone who played the sport growing up and it, it pretty much defined my life when I was younger um you know if your kid wants to play badly enough um, regardless of gender I'd say this sport is absolutely incredible for kids well Sam I appreciate you taking some time here and thank you for the work that you do to advance and grow the game Likewise, I'm always appreciative to USA Football um, from my time spent there and after for everything that they're doing to make this sport even better. Thank you for your interest and support in the football development model. We cannot create a stronger sport without you. Head to fdm.usafootball.com to get involved. We'll see you next time on the Football for All podcast.